This show is part of the Head Stuff Podcast Network. This month's bonus material is me singing. Well, actually, it's a conversation with my pal Clelia Murphy, who you might know from Fair City or from Dancing with the Stars. And um, she lives in my 5K, so we've been going for socially distant walks. And we just had a, a chat about about life, about what I used to do before I was a writer, about her experience of being an actor on a soap. And then she made me sing a song, um, which which was very uncomfortable. It's five euro a month or whatever you want to give. You can do that at headstuffpodcasts.com. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning and welcome to Basically, Maybe It's Not morning for you but it's morning for me I'm your host Stephanie Preisner and with me in studio today which is why you can kind of hear us giggling already is my friend and ex Rose of Tralee current politician Queen of the political, no, Queen of the career segue, Miss Maria Walsh. <laughs> what an introduction! Welcome oh. to studio. And just in case anybody's wondering why why we're laughing, I was basically giving the rendition of the Green and Red of Mayo, uh, making sure we're putting out all my affirmations for twenty twenty one championship season. But yes, thank you very much for that for having me. I, uh, well, I know that you're from Shrewl, which I would argue is Galway. I think, uh, I didn't realise you were from Germany originally. I am from Germany originally. I didn't realise that. Yeah, and I identify as, as half German. Do you have a problem with that? I have absolutely no problem as a pro-European sitting in the European Parliament. Look at this segue. Segwaying left and right. No, technically half a, half a shrew is in Galway and then a majority of it's in Mayo. And long story short, when I moved from Boston to, to, to Shrewl, uh, I moved on the Mayo side. And that, I wore the green and red jersey, I played sport in Mayo, and then my parents, unfortunately, well, not fortunately or unfortunately, just moved me a little bit over the bridge, but I'm convinced the Shrew River, Ru- River runs under my house, therefore um, our house technically is in uh, Mayo. Don't be looking into this, don't be looking I'm into looking this. I'm looking into it because I am <laughs> engaged to a Mayo man, which means that if I go through with this engagement, which I intend to. You're the luckiest wor- woman, like the luckiest woman. I know, I, I really am. Every time we see anything green or red together, he tells me, oh look, the green and red of Mayo. It could be a traffic light, it could be a Christmas decoration, but I will oh, always I know. Him. I adore him. It's exhausting. Just get ready for yeah the 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 championship season. Because I have been. Through I know. Several I know. Of them. Yeah, I know. He 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 wears his heart on his sleeve like many of us Mayo fans, and it's hard. It's hard to watch. You know. It is time again, but less about Mayo and more about you. Yes, Maria. <laughs> um, how's it going? First of all, how are you finding that? It's it's lovely to see your face. Yeah, likewise. How 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 is the pandemic going in Europe? Um, on a professional standing, it's um, it's intense. You know, when we kind of the whole world went into lockdown this side of the pond in, in March, you know, so did everything within the institutions too. And we quickly moved into remote working and, you know, our, our staff was already working remotely from, from home because it was safer to do so. And and then there was like ebbs and flows of of great there's there's a clear area that we can get a pile of work done and 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 get working again as as politicians in terms of policy and legislation work and then you know there's stops and stalls and um you know my life before covid like many i i would leave shrewd at at 2am on a Monday morning, drive to Dublin, fly to Brussels and then do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays and then return late Wednesday nights to be able to be in the constituency of Midlands Northwest. So the 13 counties go to and Galway across to Louth um, from Thursday morning to Sunday. So essentially I lived in two weeks and then obviously all of a sudden COVID happened and then the professional world obviously, you know, for everybody went online. Um, and, so and then I'm someone like who 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 purposely got into politics to be around people and, and, and support them. So when the people are obviously, you know, safe at home and isolating themselves and restricting their movements, it, it just, it throws you in a little bit of wobbles. So then segue into like the personal side, it has been a struggle. And I, I often talk about mental health. We've, we've talked about it before. Yeah. And I think it's, it's, you know, one of the positives of COVID is the fact that people are, I, I would hope, understanding that everybody has mental health 
everybody needs to protect it. We need to do more proactive care versus just reactive. We've been doing po- oh, yeah. mental health stuff on the podcast. Yeah. and Great stuff, actually. Yeah, I was, I've been listening. It, yeah. it helped me through a few days. Well, we're going to be doing more because I, you know, I thought Mental Health Month would suffice that like four weeks of focusing on it. But people are really struggling. And I think that we're kind of dangerously close to thinking that mental health is about people getting their blow dry and people going to the gym. But actually the level at which people are now sort of struggling means that some people need a little bit more than that mm-hmm. or maybe a lot more than that. And I think what people are finding through the podcast is that they're identifying with what the therapists are saying are the symptoms they their clients are presenting with. And so people are kind of feeling that vindication, that sort of validation mm-hmm. to, to, to get help. Mm-hmm. I'm conscious that there are people listening to you who still don't really know who you are. Oh. Maria Walsh, <laughs> you've probably, you've probably <laughs> left the podcast now to Google her and you recognise her face. So... I first came across you when you were, well, actually, we'll talk about the night that we met, which is a really funny story. But I knew you before then because of the Rosa Tralee. Do you want to talk us through how you got to Europe from the Rosa Tralee and what that all was like? Yeah, I was saying to, I was talking to my team uh, yesterday about like, oh, you know, what's the really important things, you know, I I should make sure Stephanie learns and, and, and her audience learns about me and. You know, one thing that was reminded of is like nothing is linear. Every, you know, in my life in particular is a classic example of just trial and error in terms of the career world. Um, uh, for me, before Rose of Tralee, I, as I mentioned earlier, I was born in the States, but raised very much in Ireland, did all my schooling here, um, did my undergrad in Griffith College, just over the road from where we are now, um, did journalism and visual media, fell into behind the scenes of TV and the production life, um, but always wanted to kind of move back to the United States and and figure out if that's the energy I want to live in. And, and, and realistically, I wanted to get bit by the Big Apple for two years and figure out if, if I could make it. Um, and after two years of, of living in New York, I, I was left scratching my head going, you know, this city is beautiful and great and energetic but like it's it's also a lot of BS to it and, and I, I just didn't find it uh, for me and then I, I got offered a job in Philadelphia with a fashion label called Anthropology um, and Ever heard of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> Ever, um, I always say to younger people I'm like it's you know the sister brand to Urban Outfitters and they're like alright oh, right. and then I realise I'm super old <laughs> by saying that um, but when I moved to Philly I was like aha this, this makes sense Um but within all the energy of the city, energy of the city, my job, I was building a great friend, you know, friend network. I loved the fact that Philadelphia is the underdog of the East Coast. There's a grittiness to it. Nobody really like the Mayo of the East Coast of America. Because this is because this is your podcast, I'm going to refrain from commenting um, and I'll save that moment till afterwards. Uh, But but essentially, yeah, like it it is just it is such a cool city. Um, But I had found myself I'd been playing football with the Notre Dames in Philly, as I had been in in New York. But there was a Is there that was Gaelic a, football. Mm-hmm. Okay, but there was a section. You know, there was a section of my life where I was working with a lot of Americans, and you kind of missed having the crack. and And I and I hope when people or or just in speaking with people over the years, you know, you do when you move away, just miss that that grounding. You know, the, mm-hmm. the thing that only Irish people can give you a high five and a kick in the derriere at the same time. You know, you know that ty- type of crack. Um, so I, I threw my name into the Rose of Chile. Uh, I had grown up with it, like many here. I remember my first rose, I rem- really remember um, that planted the seed for me was Mindy O'Sullivan, who represented Goy, but was from Mayo. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> but she was, she was, she was beautiful. Like she, her mom was from the Philippines. Her dad was from Casabar. Uh, she had the thickest Mayo accent and like she was stunning. Um, and her and her stories on stage were just resonated with me, and um, and I remember thinking at that point I, I was twelve or thirteen, going, oh, I, you know, someday I hope I hope to do that, you know, mm-hmm. be a part of that. So long story short, uh, I threw my name into the hat, um, and I was unsuccessful in 2020, uh, 2012 when I first moved to the city, um, and it, it was a tick box for me. I was like, oh, great. Um, you know, I tried it. I made a different network of Irish community, um, and then I just carried on with my life. And then in 2014, I got a phone call to say, you know, we just we just need one more uh, female to enter. And I was like, yeah, well, listen, I'll help out. I've I've done that, but thank you very much. But listen, I'll volunteer. So I'll take it. What do you need me to do? Um, and 
you know, Karen, who, who runs the centre with her family, was like, no, no, we, we, we need somebody. And she goes, and I always remember, she goes, don't worry, you, you won't win it. Like, it. You'll be grand. We just need, but you understand what's happening. And I was like, all right, grand. <laughs> so I didn't tell anybody. Like, I didn't tell my mum, my dad. Because you were just doing someone a favour by lending them yeah, the name. Yeah, and, and I should have said it at the start, like, we grew up in a house, and I, I know we'll talk about politics, but we grew up in a house where if someone called for help or, like, we're, we're a volunteer-led house. Yeah. You know, that's a part of our DNA. So I was like, grand, no bother. So I went, and I remember doing my, my interview, and there there was an interview on stage, private interview with the three the three judges, mixing with people, having the crack. Um, and, and then... You know, the MC called my name and I thought, oh, oh God, oh, um, <laughs> kind of like when Donald Trump got elected. Exactly. Uh, I was tears of kind of joy when that happened for me. Tears of not so much joy when, when that happened with, with President Trump, former president. It's great to say that. So uh, I'll, I'll stop. I'll stop uh, segueing. Um, and. And then the Rose of Chile happened and I went uh, to the festival and long story short, you know, I never imagined I'd be I'd be selected as the Philly Rose, never mind as the International Rose. And uh, and that's what happened. And then um, Dahi O'Shea called out those gorgeous words of Philadelphia, as, as he to say. And and I remember, you know, people at the time saying your face was sh- so shocked and um, it obviously was because of your story around your sexuality. And I was like, no, I, I promised my boss I'd be gone for 10 days. And in America, you only get 10 days holiday. So for me then, I was like, he, he I know they were watching. He is going to kill me, kill me. <laughs> like, I'm going to lose my job. Like, what was I thinking? And um, subsequent to that, like a day or two later, I came out with, you know, the fact that I've, I've been a gay woman for many years and, and uh, the media took hold of it and, and then not only did I, I I like to joke saying I didn't break the festival but there was times where as the gay rose short hair tattoo from Philadelphia passionate about Mayo football and was a pioneer I think was maybe a bit too much for people I think the yeah. pioneer of it was just a little bit we can uh, take all the rest of it but yeah. she doesn't like a pint yeah 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 like oh, how do we talk to her like what do we do I have nothing um, to talk to this girl about absolutely nothing and then and then I got a year where I kept my full time job in Philly uh, and for uh, for anybody don't be counting my carbon footprint for this I've been trying to make it up since but um, you know I was flying in and out of Ireland every weekend uh, did my five days in Philly and then and then here or else did a week here and uh, and back there and, and you know I got to travel to 32 counties of Ireland over a course of 10 or 11 days um, raising awareness on the festival I got to do uh, a trip to the uh, Calcutta in India with the Hope Foundation yeah. uh, Cork based foundation Amazing. and then um, South Africa with the Nile Mellon uh, and it's a very uh, non, like Nile Mellon organization, but it's a very uh, charitable year as as the International Rose. You're apolitical, and um, you know got to go to Australia, New Zealand, and and parts of America, and and then you know that year was really significant for me personally because that was the year you know 2015 in the marriage equality, and it just it felt in some way stars aligned um, and that people could see perhaps a female who had all those, you know, pioneer, short hair, tattoo uh, and gay and could be a part of the Rose of Tree. And, and, then, and, and then you would hope that uh, one or two were able to vote easier knowing that, you know, gay people are, are make up many different things as, as does straight people, as does trans people. Um, and it's important that every, everybody has a right. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. remember, <clears throat> I remember watching that like obviously everyone was aware of you at that time and because we're of similar age and it just what really what really struck me was that it was starting to become like the the rhetoric around sexuality was that like sexuality was not a monolith you were not uh, people are not just their sexuality mm-hmm. and i think we needed people needed a sort of a a mascot for that in line with the marriage equality referendum so that they like I remember referencing like when my nana and I would sit down and she was like I do, what tell me now about this vote and I'd sit down and I'd be like okay and your name your would come up your nana was years ahead of her time though. oh she was my nana woman. was amazing anyway so you were the Rose of Chile and you yeah. so that year where you spent where you got to be what got to travel around and that word that sticks out to me is apolitical where you didn't have to get yeah. involved how do you go from that so hard but I used to take my grey areas with that. You know, right. I, I used to the festival, at, at the Port Festival Committee, and it's a small one in, in, in Tralee. Um, you know, they were like, you know, 
we're, we're, it's an apolitical festival for a reason. Um, you know, there's so many things to talk about, you know, diversity, what, what the grittiness and the fierceness of a, of a woman and the celebration that we have. And that's essentially what the Rosa truly is, is as we mock it. Um, I think when yeah. you go down to it and you really get to see these are these are women like you and I who who are very proud of their stories and their chapters mm-hmm. um, and who they are. And what we see on TV for the two nights is just such a small, minute moment of, of the entire festival. festival right. And you as a person, you know, you know, there's a lot more than the three minutes of, of, of me Banter on stage. Dahi, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and as as, as significant that is for people sitting at home, you know, when you're in in the bubble of the Rosa Tree, or you're you're down there just to experience the festival, um, and you might not even enter into the dome if you're someone who's just happened upon the the Rosa Tree. You, there's so much going on in the county itself. Um, um, but yeah, it, in terms of the politicalness, um, it was hard. But when I used to get, you know, when I got asked, "What do you think?" I'd be like, "Well." You know, it's a, I'm an apolitical ambassador for for an international festival, but of course I want to get married in the country I was raised in. Yeah, and and you can take that for whatever grain of salt, but I think everybody deserves the right and the opportunity to show up in their best version of themselves. And if we're not doing that as a society, then we're failing. And that's there's no there are no ifs or buts about that. We have to give people opportunity to to feel comfortable in themselves and. Um, I was doing a lot of question and answers in schools um, and some was about my sexuality. Others was about being a pioneer. Uh, I remember one young kid goes, but how do you meet people? Like, like you don't drink and you're gay. Like, what? Well, how do you meet people? And it was it was extraordinary that that's to me is how, you know, many people meet many people. You but know? what have, I think it's amazing that a child asked that. Like when we yeah. were growing up, I wouldn't have in a million years. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't have ever known someone's sexuality when they came in no. to talk to you at school. <laughs> no. And you certainly wouldn't have been able to ask No, them. they were in for a specific topic and yeah. very much not in the social realm of, of issues. Yeah. So, um, how, so how did you go from, did you go then from the Rose handing over your tiara to straight into politics? Or what ab- was that journey like? No, absolutely. Well, I came, I, I, I finished up the Rose year and I decided to... See if I could make a go of coming back home uh, to Ireland, and I never really planned on that. Um, me and the United States have 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 a love affair, you know. I I love it. I love the energy of it. Um, but I'm an Irish girl, um, and I decided after the amazing year that I had and the podium that people allowed me to step on, that I would see if I could come back and, and make something of it. Um, and I came back in in end of, end of the festival in, in 2015 and um, and I said one year I'll, and I'll work tirelessly for one year to see if I can if I can make something and and it was really hard. One year led into the other year and the next year and I was chasing um you know, I was chasing self-employment world. I was working in the realm of media, and mm-hmm. you know how it is. It's like one month you're 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 the hot topic, and then it disappears for twelve months. Mm-hmm. And um, and when you're trying to put diesel in the car, um, and and yeah, and 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 make something of yourself, then it becomes really really hard. And I was chasing work, and things weren't really sticking for me. And and I'm a big person of you know, the trial and error. And I was like, right, I have to I have to own the fact that this is not working out. Um, I tried, I, I worked on an events agency called Juniper and Ruby and, and that was working, but it was really hard just to get cash flow in. And, and I had these big ideas, but unfortunately just the, the support wasn't there. And, um, and ultimately the energy probably wasn't in me to do that after the year that I had. Um, and I was doing smaller projects, like I was working with Bank of Ireland in Limerick City on a, on a part-time role in their workbench space. Um, and that was a community, it was a community business space working with entrepreneurs and like, you know, uh, uh, startups. But as I was, I was managing, I was managing it, I, I realised I was quickly bringing in more community groups mm-hmm. in Limerick City because they needed a, a home for meetings or events. And I, I realised in, in hindsight um, that I was like, oh, wow, I was really moving into that social um, support space. And then... Um, not a lot of not a lot of people would would know this, but I then worked on um, uh, for a couple of weeks on the Dublin Honours Magdalene's uh, seminar, a two day conference. Well, a two day conference essentially, where we honoured and celebrated. Um, 
well, celebrate is not the correct word, but we, we honoured the women, uh, some of the women that were in uh, the laundries uh, here in, in, in Ireland. And um, that was really the catalyst for me. And that was in 2018. That was the catalyst for me of like, OK, what am I doing with my voice? Like, mm-hmm. What am I doing with my vision? Like what, like my values are not aligning to to what I'm chasing. And um, and I took out a white sheet of paper in in, I think it was June 2018. And I was like, when emails come in or something comes in or I get asked to do something like what is I what am I initially like yes just tell me date and time and I'll be there and what's the things that I take a little bit longer to reply to yeah and and it was more and more of the social awareness social aspects of, of society and I decided to gift myself it was my birthday gift um a one day uh, course with women for election um, yeah. and it was in Dublin City and it was right <coughs> after um, the seminar with with the uh, survivors of Magdalene Laundries and um, and I remember sitting in the room thinking to myself like I'm, I'm comfortable in here it's scary for sure yeah and you're learning about quotas and constituencies and uh, and who's what and what happens in the different political groups, and then I realised, um, okay, th- I, I I could hopefully do this, and and uh, I, you know, within within weeks, I had a conversation with um, the general secretary at the time, Tom Curran and, and Finnegale, and I was going in asking about local uh, running at local level. Um, and the conversation lasted five minutes and he was like, what about Europe? And I was like, what about Europe? <laughs> What's going on in Europe? Um, and, I, I, you know, when I think back in it, like how ignorant of me not to even understand that locals and Europeans were running on the same day. But I voted. I voted every election here as well as in the States. But I never saw myself within that election. So yes. for me, it just it just the timeline wasn't even uh, aligning. And um, and yeah, after five minutes, he goes, think about it. And I remember coming out of um, Finnegal headquarters and I text 10 friends. And I, and I tell the story all the time in, in schools because I text 10 friends from all different networks um, from youth organisations to No Name Club to those living in the States uh, to those working in uh, charitable organisations that I would have come across to close friends so 10 people and and I asked them like what does an MEP do um, and who's your MEP and nine of the nine of them came back saying I, I don't know um, and Did I, you know? I knew I knew my one and I knew I kind not really knew what an MEP does but knew you know, the framework of what they did, you know. Um, and that to me then became the catalyst of, right, it's not just running for a seat. It's not just an egotistical drive now. Now there there is real value to the fact that we have a disconnected community. We have people who don't know what happens in, in the one of the biggest institutions in the world. Um, they set out the, the they lay the foundations for what national member states do. So so Ireland, um, they a lot of equality conversations happen. While it might not be a competency of the EU, um, there's ways to make noise there. And and ultimately, you know, I, I felt like kind of the Rosa Tralee moment again, where how do you connect those that feel disconnected to to, to something, to, to a large organisation? And, and I put my hand up and then, yeah, and then started running. But there was a, there was... I just want to ask first of all, yeah. how did you decide to go... Um, so an MEP is a member of the European Parliament. Mm-hmm. Are you a Fianna Gael MEP or an Irish MEP? How does it work? And yeah, and good, and good, great question because then, I, I, I assume sometimes even in my bubble like that everybody knows what an MEP does, but you're right. To, and why to Fianna Gael? Oh, good. But yeah. I've also asked Pascal Donoghue why Fianna Gael yeah. and Michal Martin why Fianna Fáil. So that yeah. is a question. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 for sure. Um, for... Um, in terms of MEP, so we've 13 representing Ireland and I would run and I'd be a Fine Gael MEP, but ultimately you're wearing the green jersey, as they say. So um, Irish issues that are not necessarily party specific, but Irish as a whole, um, you you would very much keep an eye on what other Irish MEPs do. We, 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 we don't see each other every week, but we certainly um, see each other in, in our voting weeks, which is which what, is what we call the plenary. And, and they're typically held in Strasbourg, but obviously with COVID, then, then everything's done remotely or else in, in the parliament in Brussels. Um, and and as I said, 13. There previously was 11, but with Brexit, then we got two extra seats. Okay. There's four in my constituency, so I'm one of four. Um, and uh, again, as I said, go to Donegal, Mayo, Cross to Loud. So huge, 13 county, very different, I think 1.1 million citizens, uh, urban, rural, 
you know, very, very different. Um, with Moraith McGuinness moving into the commissioner role, now I'm the only female within that space. Okay. I'm the youngest Irish MEP. Um, and what is extraordinary is for someone who didn't grow up in party politics, I didn't, as I mentioned earlier, we we discussed around the kitchen table, like charity, you know, charity or community led organ. Like who, who's around to do the church gate collection on a Saturday night? Uh, who's reading at mass? Um, I need someone to sweep the community centre Sunday morning because, you know, there's something in in the afternoon. Um, and, you know, who's picking stones out the field later on? Like that that's the kind of house we grew yeah. up in. But that was the foundation for, for who I am now in terms of community involvement and always looking at uh, the community for answers versus uh, versus just what's on the sheet sheet of a paper um and then uh yeah for 705 MEPs uh, just to to bring people together 705 MEPs um from how many member states from well 27 um with with the with the United Kingdom gone there's 705 there was more with the United Kingdom but they've left some seats empty for 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 states that might member states that might come into the European Union um, in the coming years um, and it's so it's so diverse but there's and, and there's there's not a lot of diversity it's the average age is about 55 maybe 52 um, white male um, suit um, not a lot of in terms of diversity when we talk about color creed orientation I'd probably be a handful of maybe uh, 2030 outspoken LGBTQI activists within that. Um, there's a cohort, maybe about 30 young under under 40s, uh, maybe maybe a little bit more uh, in my party in the EPP, which is the European People's Party, which is where Fine Gael sit. Okay. Um, so how many parties are there? There's ooh, uh, six. Okay. And, and it they? goes left to right. Okay, so where are we? Uh, well, where EPP is uh, centre right. So same as kind of Fianna Fáil, Fianna Gael. Fianna Fáil would be sitting. Fianna Fáil would be sitting in a group called Renew, and they would be deemed a little bit more centre left. Not uh, to be mistaken with Renewa. <laughs> Just yeah, sorry for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there's the European People's Party, which is what you are part of, and because Fianna Gael yeah. is that because Fianna Gael aligns with them, or how do you get chosen to be in the well, EPP? Yeah, Fianna Gael. When when we when we went into Europe um, in seventy three, um, Fianna Gael has always sat with with uh for from my knowledge sat within the European People's Party. Um you know economically they'd be probably more right than 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 other groups. Uh so economically right just for the listener is sort of like um you tax people that bit lower and allow people to do what they want with their money rather than taxing people higher and then making services free for people. Is, I yeah, mean, that, that would be. Yeah, yeah, that would be. That would be. That would be. And then, but and then, socially though, uh, so issues like mental health, issues like sexuality, uh, fundamental rights. You know, within our group of EPP, I would very much be sitting on on the, on left, the left of that. Side of that yeah, spectrum. and and it, it's difficult. Um, and maybe one question later on will be Fidesz and the Hungarian government, and and how does that work? But um, for me, that with because I ran as a Finnegal. ME Finnegal candidate being elected then you sit within the EPP uh, automatically and uh, is he in that too Fidesz yeah. the Fidesz uh, party yes and they've uh, created um, you know I remember the chairman Manfred Weber asking me uh, after I, I got elected first um, and I think I surprised not people just in Ireland but but people within the EPP group going like, well, she doesn't come from any political experience and, you know, what are we going to do with her? (laughs) And then the first things I get asked is like, you know, what do you want make work in the part, you know, the parliament? And I was like, well, you know, I want to make mental health competency of the European Union. And they're like, but it's not. And I'm like, yeah, but I want to make it. Uh, I want to talk about, I I want to look at green issues. I want to look at rural Ireland uh, and rural parts. I want to look at small villages and towns throughout the European Union and figure out how we not just populate them, but how do we make them successful? I want to look at um, different ways of education. I know you talked to Simon Harris on, 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 on the podcast, but, you know, his mind of thinking of, how do we have a lost generation after the financial crash? How do how do we prevent that happening again? And and even with COVID, like why aren't why aren't we changing the ways we look at education? Not everybody can regurgitate what's on a page. Mm-hmm. Um, 
people are visual learners. They're, they're different type of learners. So when you go in and you say that to him, are they like... So the face is like, oh, what do we do with her? Uh, and... You know, there's there's funny, like anytime anything leftist, as they say, comes up within the group, I immediately put my hand up and like, I have something to say. Now, that's not to say that I'm being ignorant to what's being said in, on the right either, because what I've learned in the European Parliament, um, and it is a bucket of learning stuff, like I cannot tell you every day, you know, when I'm physically or virtually walking into the Parliament, I'm either thinking, right, today is going to be a great day, high five. And then, you know, 16 hours later... I'm depleted and Going, I felt like I had... I know so much more things that I now <laughs> don't know. Yeah, and then like, God, that made me question and, you know, did that vote go okay? And, you know, why did I say that? Or, you know, oops, should I said this? And, um, you know, all those things where you're like, like, how am I... How after five years am I going to turn and look at a voter and say, like, this is what I've achieved? Because things move, as we know, in society a lot faster than our political realm. And that's really frustrating for and someone who wants to instantly flick the switch and say, right, we fixed this. Well, that doesn't happen. When you know how important it is to sort of instantly flick a switch when it comes to things like mental health that you care about, how much power... And, and I want to come back to Fianna oh, Fáil yeah, being sorry. as part uh, of uh, Renew. Yeah, and then the Fianna Gael, I didn't answer that question too. So I'm not avoiding it, I promise. Yeah, And why Fianna Gael? But also... How much influence can you have as one of 705 mm, members? Mm, well, ultimately... And we'll get to like the things that you have done. But yeah, like, well, ultimately you wear, you wear a couple of different hats, realistically. You're wearing the EPP hat, you're, you're wearing the Fine Gael hat, the so Irish hat. So it's kind of like you need to go into the EPP meetings and convince your EPP members, first of all, to make something a priority so that they, as a bigger group, bring it to the even bigger group and yeah. say, this is our priority. Essentially, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then you, you might work on stuff across parties um, so one file and uh, one good example is the vocational education training file that I that, that I would have worked on um, late last year, and that is around access to different ways of of, of job opportunity for younger people. So. Yeah. Um, Pre-COVID, we weren't too bad on youth unemployment in this country. But if you look at the likes of Spain, it's it's astronomical numbers in, in terms of youth unemployment. And um, France to uh, PLCs and uh, apprenticeships and traineeships, as does Germany, very, very well. So it's like, how do we uh, do best practices and, and, and roll it out to member states so that they have something concrete to say, right, this worked here and this worked there. Let's let's implement it here, um, as well as getting fu- funding for it. Um, but I would have worked on that file with politicians from right across the spectrum, you know, from GUE, which is the left and where a lot of our ind- Irish independents sit, um, right to, you know, Greens, S&D, Renew, which is where Fianna Fáil sits. And what's Renew's situation? You were saying, sorry, they're slightly more left. Yeah, like they would be deemed in, in the Brussels bubble as as more socially uh, socially left leaning um which is which is funny because there's sometimes like we we certainly align me personally with renew in some stuff they bring across in amendments um i would get a lot of support from them for my mental health uh, you know yeah. uh, inclusions to to reports and stuff like that um and and but it's funny there's things where i'm like oh you know that's a great concept but i i probably wouldn't vote for it because on paper it doesn't it doesn't make sense um to some societies. So it, it just depends on the file that's that's in front of you, really. Right, okay. um, so like that VET file, the vocational education tra- training file, like we would have got waves of support from right across, left and right of the, right of the house. Um, you know, there's certain things. So, that, so you'd have Renew and then the EPP and then you would have um, ECR. What are they? ECR are um, very right. Okay. Economically and socially, like they wouldn't, they wouldn't believe every man for themselves. They wouldn't believe in in inclusion. They wouldn't believe in um, diversity. They wouldn't believe in. It's just mad how you like. I don't believe in diversity. And then, and then, and then, this is where I get politically in trouble. And then there's one further right, which is ID. And I can tell you this: like, if I, if hypothetically, if all computers shut down communication to my team ended and I was left to vote on a report with no direction or clear guidance or support, anything that has ID attached to it, I'd be like, and no, and What kind of no. things are they putting forward? I mean, they're, they're your sceptics. Why are they in there? 
I, there's times where Euroskeptics, like, sorry, for sorry, the listener, yes. is people who are skeptical about the benefits or anything about who, who the European Union. Yeah, who they just don't believe in solidarity or, or working together as a believe team. Believe that every or, man should fend for himself. Yeah, but they're, they're, I, I, remember, I remember my last speaking, my physical speaking time in the, in, in the chamber in Brussels um, in the European Parliament. I was talking about LGBT rights. I was talking about conversion therapy is, uh, is an absolute disgrace and it's anti- um, it's it's anti-human like it's it's disgusting and in many countries there's no legislation to to stop it um i was talking about um you know one one in terms of family family is a broad word it includes single people it includes heterosexual couples it includes gay couples it includes trans and then so i said my few words and i'm like you know my 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 passion was like what are we doing here if we're not looking at a whole person feeling whole in their society in the European Union. And then right after me was someone from ID who was like, she's wrong. We do not need gay people. Gay people don't exist. But how is, are they allowed to say that? Like if there, people are being a kicked thing off. called free speech, which no, sometimes I'm being, left. I suppose free speech, but like if you're, does, does that mean that like the European Union has a battle on its hand every time someone in there wants to bring forth some legislation that protects the rights of LGBTQI mm-hmm. plus people. Yeah, it's never an easy, it's never an easy fin. And you would imagine... See, so they have been I, elected, sorry, these people from ID have been elected mm. by the the the. The people, people of Europe, yeah, yeah, people of Europe, of and that's and in many ways that's a beautiful thing because democracy speaks. But then when you see things, I suppose when yeah. you see things in the United States, um, and you're thinking, but how did an insurrection? You know, I was watching uh, um, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, the the congresswoman from New York, late last night because she was on on Instagram Live talking through what that day, what the days leading up to the insurrection happened for her and her and her staff. And like, it doesn't happen like overnight. It doesn't happen just because one man that is former President Trump steps into office for no. four years. Like there, and it's not just happening in the United it's States. A, it's cultivated everywhere and it's there's happening. Pockets, like- there's pockets and actually not to scare monger people, but it is, it's it's breeding and we need to be you super vigilant. Even in the rhetoric, mm. like sometimes because I'm a bit of a nerd, I watch Oroctus television while I'm working. Me too. Yeah, well, you're a politician. <laughs> I'm a screenwriter. <laughs> um, and you can see it. Like it's yeah. even in Dol Aaron, like just yeah, the sort scary. of rhetoric that's coming around. It's like, oh, this is, mm. this is scary. And you know, like yeah. things don't just, revolutions and civil wars and all, they don't just happen overnight. Like it's mm. small, small steps and, this fake news and political parties being able to undermine other parties by, you know, draining the content out of what they're saying into two lines that misrepresent. You know, and I joked earlier about feeling like walking into the parliament, am I getting a high five or kicking the arse um, as I'm going in and coming out? And to be honest with you, like, I... I love aspects of social media and I love, I love people and I love, I'm a, you know, I'm a servant. That's my job. But... People live in 144 characters of a tweet. There is nothing black and white when it comes to politics. And we're not giving space for this conversation. That's why, you know, things like this are so important because it's a two-way street. There's no judgment, but there's listening. Like we're actively listening. And then it's to us, our skill set. And this is one thing that I hope would come in in terms of our education stream and help younger people like it's up to compromise negotiation communication those skill sets that we need in order to just bring people along with us like in 2015 when the wave of change happened in terms of the marriage equality like that didn't happen because a couple of posters went up or Leo Varadkar came out or, no, it happened or because real conversations were happening between real people yeah but you mentioned like your your nanny like your, your nana as, as I'm like oh nana nana Steph like um, <laughs> but like she loved you yeah, oh God. She was such a woman. Um, but, uh, you know, they happened because people who loved their people wanted to learn more. And there were, there was no judgment. It was just curiosity about how, what does this mean and how, and how do we get people more support? What was really interesting for me after the repeal of the 8th and both referendums, and this is probably what ultimately really pushed me into the political realm, is I remember the repeal of the 8th and I was... I was um, 
taking a photo in terms of, I, I think it was in um, Smithfield, and it was around getting out and getting your your, vo- uh, your vote counted and your voice heard and making sure people were were you know, we're voting. Like, fundamentally, we have issues across the European Union, but in Ireland, for people feeling they don't have a space in, in on the political landscape and, and, and seeing that their vote carries weight. Um, and I remember talking to some people at that at that big photo, thinking, and when we were chit-chatting and they're like, you know, this is great and then we'll, we'll, we'll pass this like we did the marriage equality and then, you know, we'll go back our lives. And I'm like, oh, but... The European, like the local elections are coming up, general elections are coming up. Yeah, that's why I started on Instagram, like explaining the general elections to people, because I think people, referenda are very easy because they're yes, no. Do you well, want this? Yeah. And Black they're sexy. And, white issue. and they're sexy and they're trendy and they're cool. You get a badge, there's a motto, there's a hashtag. Yeah, and it's they're cool. so important. I don't, I'm not trying to dispel no, that, but, they, but, they're, but they're, if, they're just one cog in the overall wheel that makes society better. And that's why, like, it was, you know, you had to have one conversation about one topic with people for that. And then the general election came up and I realised that, you know, I remember someone messaging me from Cork being like, why isn't, uh, you know, Leo Radker or Mary Lou on my sheet? And I was like, okay, Mm. so let's talk about constituencies. And I realised that, like, I am into politics the way you are into Mayo GAA you know like it's my sport I love it and that if I could engage with people and let people not feel stupid and that my whole in my whole life is about making people not feel stupid yeah. that there is no such thing as a stupid question I'm going to make things really simple and you can ask me anything about Covid restrictions or politics and mm. you're never going to fe- get any shame from me mm. and the question Well you like, open up a beautiful space for conversation and understanding and that is what we're missing in politics yeah. And and I can say this as 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 a party uh, representative, um, you know, that's in government, uh, as someone new to politics, you know, the rooms that we have created um, need to change. So I think so. There's I a lot often of talk men about society. Suits. Yeah, but I often talk about like I remember coming to my first branch meeting in in or in constituency meeting for Finnegale, and I'm like looking around, going, first and foremost, I'm the youngest by forty years. Now that's not a problem because a lot of rooms are like that, but but where is women? It's a where problem is, if where if is gay in people? The future. Where is you know? Where is people of color? Where is um, you know, where 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 is community? And and for me, it really comes down to if our politics doesn't reflect our community, then our community doesn't reflect our politics, and vice versa. And they and then, can't serve each other. Like if I walk not. around Cabra, and I see all of the different types of people, shapes, sizes, color, you know, mm. whatever, and then I look at the people in who who are representing my constituency at government level, it doesn't polar have, opposites. It's their polar mm. opposites. Mm. Um, and there's, you know, I know I hear a lot of people saying like, oh, there's so many men in suits. Like men in suits have done great things for me. Yeah. You know, like men in suits have <laughs> served me well to a certain point, but that now needs to change. Yeah. And, you know, the tug isn't like, I'm not going to go into politics, but I would, uh, like a lot of my drive is to get other people to yeah. go and, and do it. Mm. What was the running for election like I because I'm your friend I was there with you following you and I know how exhausting <laughs> you're, it was you're, you're, you're so gorgeous in so many moments like that that you know my phone would, would blast up and you know <laughs> Stephanie Preisler would say love hearts sending love and I'm like I just needed that right now because I'm just ever getting absolutely shouted at the door <laughs> about something I had nothing to but do but with also because we're friends I knew that like you had been struggling to find what your thing was yeah. and then you found your thing and I really wanted it for you <laughs> You weren't in my constituency. There was literally nothing I could do to support you. And I think that was one of your messages too. Like, what can I do? Well, I, I, you're, you're, you're too like far away. I can't away. vote for you. Um, and, and Even I, though I'd hate to be a candidate in your area because I can imagine you like either at the door, like just going, and what tell, about this? And what about this? And I watched Oroctus TV last night. And why did you say that? Like, you are one of those great people who I love at the door. And, and I shouldn't say the politicians love Love, love people like you at the door because it's challenging. It is. I actually it, don't do it at the door. You don't? No, oh, I, yeah. I will. I'd write an email because I get a bit. I I care too much what people think of me and I don't want to be the hard sell. Like I could never interview someone and be like, why did you say this? Now, there are certain people who come to the door and I'm like, I know for sure I absolutely don't want to talk to you, but <laughs> yeah. very best of luck. Yeah. Um, and then there are other people who I'll just do my research and, and maybe send them an old email and <laughs> generally they get back to you and, yeah. and they also appreciate having time to kind of give you the answer. Yeah, yeah. 
yeah. but then there's the old you know the old rattle off I'll give her all the answers she wants and nah yeah yeah, but so, but there is there was a lot of knocking on doors, was there? There is, you know, and because the European election is so vast, um, you don't do like knocking at doors like a general election candidate or a local local election candidate would do. Um, Go to where there's the most volume of people. You do, and and that was hard for me because there were some areas where I'm like, just let me out to the doors, like let me let me. No, you have to go people. into this mart. And they're like, no, yeah, but you're right, love marts. Like 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 the playing championship in marts and agri shows are like my Christmas day. You know, I'm like, this is where all my people have been. Um, yeah, but it and it, it was difficult. It was difficult in many ways. First and foremost, I must say, at the top end, we talked about the rose tree. Like there is no better training to run an, in an election with a candidate, whether you're the candidate or not, than the Rosa Tree training, because you know I was I was coming into communities that I had been as the international rose. And I remember earlier on, I think I was in Sligo and I was with my campaign manager, uh, Frankie Feehan, who is um, our, our junior minister for state, um, and. Uh, like he was like, God, you're not you're not bad with people, Maria. And I was like, Why do you think I'm doing this? Like, I was like, I was the rose. And then you're you're trying to check your ego, being like, Oh, you know, obviously, you know, we're just getting to know each other. And um, uh, and and then more and more people kept saying, Like, God, you're you're okay with people. Like, you can have a conversation. I'm like, Lots, Does anybody know what the Rose of Chile does, or roses or escorts in general? Like, and it's not just the international. Like, roses and escorts are trained to work with people, and I don't even mean trained. Like, innate within us. <laughs> like, we we communicate. It's impossible to go. Like <laughs> yeah. Maria and I before COVID, we'd go for coffees or whatever. And people would recognise her from many from the roles of the tree. It's not a lie. You will stop and talk to anyone who's like... <laughs> I, I do remember one. Steph's like, we have somewhere to be, like, move it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. anyways, so how are you getting on? <laughs> Just talking to strangers about nonsense. Yeah. And I'm really socially awkward. Like, I'm not great because I forget the next sentence to say. I'm like, I, I can't do that. Whereas I'm the queen of waffle. Like, throw me into a room and try to Will we tell them about where we met? <laughs> we should, actually. Just for, a pure, you know, for, for the fuller picture. Take a break, make a cup of tea and listen to this story. Spice Bags is a podcast about food in Ireland from an international perspective. Hi, I'm May. I'm an American food writer and I'm with my friends Blanca, a chef from Spain, and Dee, an Irish food editrix. And we are the Spice Bags, three sassy ladies with a lot to dish up. Join us for the chats. So it was my first time. So Can't Go Won't Go had just come out. It was 2016 Christmas. And I was invited to be part of the Christmas photo shoot for the Sunday Independent. So at Christmas. Super snazzy. <laughs> super snazzy. The, the Sunday Independent Living Magazine do a Christmas party and they take a picture and it's all like the Irish celebs. And <laughs> I was invited and Maria was there. And I was really... One, and Maria was there wondering why she was there, just just to add... You were there. not. You were there because you were Maria Walsh. I was like, why am I here? And I brought Carl with me and he was like, why are we here? So we were like eating the, the, the little... The props. The props. <laughs> and they were, there was this grand piano and they were, you know, placing the celebrities like you'd put Mary and Joseph in the crib, like to take the picture. And I was like hanging out. I was like, I'm not going to, I'm going to stand right back here now so that behind the photographer so that he doesn't put me into the picture. And then Twink was there and she had, <laughs> Twink was in full flight anyway. She had her dog oh, there. She looked great. And they needed someone else and they looked around and Maria Walsh pushed <laughs> me forward. It was like, Stephanie will go and pushed me into a crowd of, was that the year? Le- no, that wasn't Leo's year. Who was there? That, that was the first year. Um, I remember, I remember. Pascal Donahue was there. Yeah. The Minister for Finance. But how, <laughs> how we became in close quarters was because I always remember you in Cahill. Oh, Cahill, such a sweetheart. And um, and I remember going into the room and you were like, I, I, whatever way it passed, you were like, I think you, I, if memory serves me, you're like, who are you here with? And I was like, I came in on my own. And you're like, what do you mean you came in on your own? Like, what is wrong with you? Like, what <laughs> you do need you? a protector. <laughs> yeah, like, who's with you? And I was like, oh, Oh, hi. And we, we started chatting. And I think, I actually genuinely think you took pity on me. No, um, I was like, please stay with me because there's so many intimidating yeah, people Yeah, and there was, there was a lot. And it's a There really was a lot of ir- like big Irish names yeah. who were like, who are you? How can you help me? Yeah. No, you can't. Gone. But bear in mind, and I'm not saying this because you're sitting opposite me, like everybody knew, you know, everybody knew you where they were like, 
weren't she thrown like two years ago? Like, hasn't it really passed your sell by date? Was that? But anyways, I embraced it. And then the big photo happened and... Twink hit me with her hairpiece. <laughs> like like all great Irish people, there's a bit of crack going on. And I, I don't really... I actually, as much as I, uh, Rose and a politician... It was Marty Whelan I was next to. That's who you oh, were. Oh, I love him. Yeah. Um, but there was... there there. You know, there was a big photograph and I actually genuinely don't like photographs. I mean, I do, but I like I like the behind the scenes ones. I like the ones when you're interacting. I don't try and spin this no, into I, I was doing service. I, no, no, no. I mean, I was doing service to myself because it was so funny. But like it, it, there, there was a, anyways, there was a crowd and I just found myself like physically pushing you into the crowd further and further into the grand piano. And then There's Twink's hair just kept flipping. And you kept getting smacked in the face. Because I, I remember was, walking out the photograph going like, I was crying at We this were point. all crying and then we all left together. But <laughs> so this is like pre-COVID when people would squish up together. Yeah. And the photographer, I was literally shoulder to shoulder with Marty with our shoulders squished together. And Twink was on the grand piano in front of me. But every time she moved, her hair her came head was her. so close to me. Her hair would hit me in the face. And I was too polite to be like, um, Adele, you can't. I just or, or to be like Marty can you get off me so that I can move back because I'm getting hit in the face and with what hair brought beat. me joy is you know Twink was given it socks Marty was given it socks and there's Stephanie Price they're shifting two of them and you can see the picture so I look so awkward yeah. in that picture and I then it was that moment it was were you there two years later yeah Remember, and then we, we then we had our friends anniversary literally every year every yeah. year and then there was one year where I needed deodorant remember yeah. that yeah and you helped me unzip my dress yeah sorry anyway, we digress we digress so that was the cup of tea moment where Maria and I met but okay so now you're an MEP mm. what else do we need to know before we finish up um I think there's a couple of things that I would just and you do it so well actually I, I read briefs on every day uh, morning, noon and night and then I always make sure I check in on your Instagram and I'm not saying this because you're opposite me but and, and we're mates <laughs> No, I can see that you see my stories and, and, I, sh- and I shoved you into the photo with Twink but um, and I f- still feel guilty over it but it's so good uh, but you know we, we need to collectively um, do more work at connecting people to, to politics to society and, and there is this I think you and need I to do it. more work as politicians, all of you. Yeah, absolutely. To put things in language Digest, people yeah. understand. Yeah, yeah. Because most of the stuff that I do on Instagram is mm. simplifying the language. Mm. Like, I got a press release today about leaving search results. And some of the letters, it, some, some of the words had like 16 letters. Yeah. The leaving certificate, da, da, da. You know, and it's like, but what does some that mean? people did the leaving search and they're getting the results today. Yeah. We wish them the very best luck. Yeah. That's all it needs to be done. Yeah. People need but I think I it think suits it suits the status quo sometimes yeah. that a certain demographic are left out of yeah. the discourse or that it is inaccessible to them and I think that is unforgivable. So that's why I make it simple on Instagram. No, and and I, I mean I think it's I remember saying to Noel directly and indirectly mortified of that but like uh, but remember Maria met my fiancé at a politics thing because my fiancé works in politics but she didn't know that he was my fiancé and but, she but mentioned I me I should have known and we were chit-chatting and actually it was a lovely compliment to you yeah, it and was. I was like you know people like Stephanie Preisner do it so well like there's they're like stripping down the nonsense talk and he was like alright yeah and he walked away and then he came back five minutes later going you know that's my you know that's my missus and I'm like <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I do. I'm, you didn't and, and I'm like, I'm like, and that is what a politician should know, right? But in in all seriousness, um, you know, I think, I think what we have here is, I think COVID has given us opportunity to to from from a career and personal development side. I'll just say this first, like to look inwards and figure out like how do I want to show up in this world, and then from a political world, um, because they have to align. I think, I think. I would hope COVID has taught us all politicians to to actually connect with people, like not to be shoving out press releases. And um, you know, there's there's a there's a grand uh, horrible uh, mindset sometimes when issues get difficult. That it's like once you're explaining, you're losing. Mm-hmm. But in actual fact, once you're explaining, you're connecting. Yeah, and that for me is the fundamental of me and my team and um and 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 the only way to change that is if more people like you and I get involved in politics be it as a candidate behind the scenes um 
you know, challenging politicians, doing what you're doing in terms of distilling the language and making it real and, and, and understandable and and then and then reminding us as politicians, not that you should, but sometimes you have to that, you know, we're here to serve the people. Uh, and if we're leaving out chunks of people, then who the hell are we serving? That's the thing. You know, it's so yeah. I think it's to say you know, you kind of imagine a candidate or a, a, a constituent saying, "I voted for you," and now mm. I don't understand what you're saying, yeah. and that's just not yeah, fair. Yeah, and, the, and the disconnect, and you know, I'm 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 fortunate that I have a great team of women um, that remind me on a daily basis, like what our goals are, what our objectives are. And and that's a weird thing to say as a politician when you're like, well, you're leading your team. It's like, no, we lead each other because mm-hmm. each and every one of my team are from different parts. You know, I have um, my senior advisor, Neve, is from Saigo, but living in Brussels for many years. I have uh, a junior advisor, Emer from Monaghan, but living in Brussels for many years. My constituency lead is Kira from Meath um, and has been in Finnegal for years, um, whereas Neve and Emer haven't been. Um, and the more you surround yourself with people who don't agree with you, the better it is the outcome because you're constantly just just reminded that you need to bring people along with you and not everybody needs needs to agree with you. Um, but you have to at the end goal to be serving your 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 constituent. Um and 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 ultimately in twenty twenty four, if and when I run again, if if and again give me the chance, um and if people decide to to vote for me, um you know, I would hope that I'm knocking on doors and saying, this is what I delivered. I delivered a European year of good mental health uh, because I fundamentally agree that we could have the best trade deals. We could have the strongest currency. We could have COVID sorted. And if mental health of our, of our citizen is not supported so that a person puts their feet on the ground and goes out into the world, be it in uh, a volunteer role, uh, to work, to study, whatever it is. Uh, and they don't feel 100% supported in their mental health, then we're not we're not doing society well. Mm-hmm. We're failing. Um, you know, better and easier access um, to to ways of learning, I think, is essential because how are they? Are y- they? You show up better, and you show up in yourself in society. And and then and and I know you'd ask me about Finnegan, and I and I want to make sure I answer it. Um, and um, for me. Yes, policy and procedure and legislation and and the and and the roadwork and the roadmap they have um, as a party is it has some holes in it, um, but the the value that they have for me is is what attracted me to the party. Did you consider other parties and then choose them, or did you sort of start with them and actually say I'm satisfied here and not look further? No, I st- I, I looked I looked at every party, um, and then I looked at my ge- uh, you know wh- where I live, the mm-hmm. the the uh, the geography of it all, and and for me it you know much like me trying to decide who who I wanted to be in this world and how I wanted to show up, you know I thought back on all the people I would have connected with as the Rose, as um, as a as a, a startup, as someone who's trying to study, as someone who's moved back to Ireland and tried to make a career for themselves. And it was people like, you know, uh, Leo, uh, Simon Coveney, I'm a huge admirer of Simon Coveney, Simon Harris, um, um, you know, Pascal, Helen McEntee, Regina Doherty, you know, Joe McHugh, like the, the lists are endless because there are people who fundamentally believe in serving people. And if you strip away all the policy, all the black and white sheet of a page and you're left with a person, um, it's the value of the person that 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 drew to me. And that was that was, you know, ultimately Finnegal party. And that's what drew me to you Aww. as well. Except that time you pushed me in front of Twink. <laughs> um, Maria Walsh, it has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. If you want to follow Maria, she does give updates on her Instagram about what's happening in Europe, what she's voting on, the things that are going on, and it's fascinating. So she's at Maria Walsh. Uh, Maria Walsh EU. And then yeah, but much like you, if you if you if you see or want to learn more, just just drop me a message, and happy to educate further. And I'm also happy to then. Uh, distill what she's saying on my Instagram <laughs> yeah, page although no she's very very clear thank you for joining us on this week's episode of Basically I hope you enjoyed it if you did I would really appreciate if you could like and share the episode give us a re- review on Apple Podcasts that really really does help us or just send it to someone that you think might be interested share it on your page now so many of you have already signed up to Headstuff Plus which I'm really grateful for 
I think we're at like I think maybe like 160 people have signed up now which I'm yeah it's really really phenomenal um, and I'm so grateful if you also want bonus content per month um, one or two episodes a month will go out it's five euro a month or whatever you want to give um, and you can do that at headstuffpodcasts.com and choose basically thank you so much for listening our music is by Only Ruin and our graphic design is by Kahlo Gara and we are produced by Alan Bennett This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network a hub for the creative and the curious Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.